Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know what time it is. This is Tyler Schaff, and I am the host of America's favorite podcast for investing in cash flow, or investing for cash flow, I should say. And maybe this week's title kind of caught your attention. We call that a hook, right? Wiped out in 2020. I'm going to talk about that this week, about how people are going to get wiped out. There's a lot of folks, unfortunately, that are going to get wiped out. I know that my listeners, the folks that take time out of their day to go out and get some practical education, get some practical advice, I'm going to teach you how to avoid getting wiped out in 2020. In fact, many of you are probably going to have one of the best years financially that you've ever had, and we're going to talk about that. But before we get started, I want to talk about the truth. What exactly is going on at the moment? Throughout the last several years, I've watched lots of people make great money, and I've been part of helping a lot of folks do that, and I'm proud to say that. But I've watched other people lose tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars by doing dumb things. Here's the thing. You can choose to not get wiped out this year. You can choose to make 2020 your best year. It is absolutely within your control. And why I believe that is because I believe that your inner voice, if you listen to it, it's going to warn you of bad things that are going to happen or may present themselves in coming months or maybe in the coming year. I know that you probably feel pressure to get a deal done. Maybe you've been at this real estate learning game for a while. Maybe you've subscribed to lots of podcasts, read lots of books, and things just aren't happening fast enough. And that's giving you a lot of pressure. Maybe your friends or kind of family are kind of wondering, what the hell are you doing? You're wasting your time. You haven't got any deals done. You're not rich yet. But I'm here to tell you it's okay. I want you to take a deep breath. A lot of folks are going to overextend themselves financially. Maybe you're going to sign up for the next greatest guru course. You know, one of those ones where they say you could invest with their money. And if you just give them $30,000 or more, you can get their super secret way to make things easy so you don't have to work and things just happen and all this good stuff. And what you find out at the end is the only thing that happened is you're $30,000 poorer or worse, you're $30,000 in debt. This year, more than any time in history, it is of the utmost importance to be very choosy with how you tend to spend your money. Lots of folks out there right now advertising all kinds of widgets and shiny objects and products to give you some false hope to take you down that path so you can pay the equivalent of somebody's annual salary to supposedly get rich. I'm here to tell you guys, that's not how this works. There's two reasons why if you're having financial trouble, there's two reasons. Sometimes it's one or the other. Sometimes it's both why you're having a hard time. And if you see people around you that are having a hard time financially, maybe you're not. The same two reasons apply. It's either overspending or under earning or both. Okay. Overspending or under earning or both. And by under earning, I mean, you have the person we're talking about, whoever it may be, has a much higher potential than they choose to capitalize on. But for whatever reason, they choose to continue to earn less than what they're worth. Maybe they're just happy to have a job. Maybe they don't really want to do more. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're lazy. Who knows? People ask me, Tyler, why aren't you out crushing it, doing deals every five minutes and running all over the country and doing all this stuff? It's like, well, there's a lot of weird shit going on right now, to be honest with you. And I'm feeling a little lazy. And frankly, I already have escaped the rat race. So I don't really need to push myself much harder anymore. This is my time to enjoy the time that I have. See, I worked real hard and I made a lot of sacrifices. Well, everybody else was at the club doing their thing, whatever that may be, spending money, doing things, having a great old time. That didn't apply to me because I was out grinding, doing it, earning, doing my thing. So I chose to make sacrifices before in the past so that I could enjoy the time that I have now. And here's the thing. You guys can do the same thing. You have the ability right now to change whatever it is in your life that you don't like. You're not happy with your spouse? Well, great. Get a divorce. Not uh, hate to hear about people getting divorced, but if you're not happy with your job, find a new one. 
you know, a lot of places in the country, especially places that were closed down by COVID, a lot of people left, moved out of the areas, which is actually creating a lot of jobs in some some areas. If you're not happy with where you live, find a place that you will be happy to live and go move there. We did that recently. We, we've always thought about moving down to the Florida Keys. And this year we said, you know what? While the world's coming to an end and every major city seems to be on fire, we're going to go down to paradise where we just look at the coconuts and watch the sunset every night and everybody's nice to each other. So we packed up our bags, we fired up the motor home and we drove down to the Florida Keys. We found ourselves a paradise perfect place to park our RV in this beautiful luxury resort park. And I am 10 feet from the ocean and I have my wave runner eight feet from the, away from my front door and life is grand. Is it, is, is it cheap and a great deal? Not necessarily, but it's what we wanted. And we wanted to take the opportunity to reward ourselves for the hard work that we've done thus far. I know a lot of you feel pressure from your peers. Maybe you go to the real estate clubs. Maybe you have pressure to not disappoint the wholesaler that just pitched you a deal or somebody that maybe you're on their buyer's list and they keep sending you deals and they go, you know, Jimmy, I've been sending you deals for a year now. You haven't done any. Or maybe that real estate agent or broker that you're working with and they've showed you 15 duplexes and four houses and you haven't bought one yet. And you think to yourself, man, they're probably wondering if I'm ever going to do a deal. And frankly, maybe you're wondering if you're ever going to do a deal. Or maybe that seller, maybe that seller that you went and talked to and you were excited and maybe you were a little too excited and maybe you dropped some innuendos that you were going to do something and now you haven't, you feel bad about it. Maybe you're just overwhelmed by the thought of having to say no, or more importantly, having to ask more questions to get more facts, to get more data. This is not uncommon, guys and girls. hate to tell you it's not. I've gone through this myself where... You want to be a people pleaser. You want to do what you believe to be the right thing. You want to take care of yourself, but at the same time, you don't want to disappoint anybody. I know how that feels. It's a terrible feeling. And what happens is you wind up doing something dumb or something that you know better. You know better. Your inner voice is telling you that you shouldn't move forward with this deal. Or, you know, there's just a couple questions you need to ask so you can get the answers to them. And for whatever reason, you don't ask the questions because you don't want to seem like you're a newbie. You don't want to sound dumb. You don't want to maybe wear them out, the seller or the broker, whoever. And maybe you just think that, hey, you know, the pros don't ask all these questions. They just know. And I want to be like a pro. So I'm going to just go in and believe them and do the deal. And I hate to tell you guys, that's not how this works. Okay. Yeah. There are people that don't ask any questions and do deals. And those people are usually the ones that lose money. So if you want to fall in that camp, great. But here's the thing. Make no mistake and understand that there are more investors out there that do deals and lose money than there are that do deals and make money. But the thing is, you're never going to hear about people's failures. Not most people. Granted, I, this podcast, I've told you plenty of my failures. People aren't going to tell you what they've done wrong and where they've screwed up, usually. They're going to hide that. Everything's going to be rosy, just like Facebook. You ever notice how you get pictures of what you eat and all the great stuff, but they're not really posting the fact when they did something stupid, when they dropped, dropped a dish in their kitchen and shattered it and then stepped on the glass because they're not paying attention. Very rarely do people post that. Unless there's something funny, maybe they'll post it then. But generally speaking, we don't advertise, we don't celebrate our failures. We only celebrate our successes. I get it. Trust me, I get it. Maybe it's that you just want to get accepted into that cool kids club at your local real estate club. And you know the one I'm talking about. There's that table where all the cool kids sit. Just like when we were back in middle school. Those are all the cool kids. They're doing deals amongst each other and, and yada, yada, yada. Well, I got news for you. Yeah, I'm sure some of the people in the group are doing deals, but there's a few people in there that are full of crap too. Understand that. Hell, maybe the whole table's full of crap. Maybe they're bullshitting each other. You ever think about that? And maybe, just maybe, they're absolutely miserable and they're hanging out with each other so they can commiserate. Maybe they're all broke and they're lying to each other. Don't go do a bad deal or do a deal with somebody because you want to be accepted. I know that is a very powerful feeling, the feeling and the need to be accepted. But imagine how hurt you're going to be when you get to the other side and realize that you made a severe mistake. 
and that you've lost money or you've done a bad deal. Maybe it's that you got fear of missing out. Maybe it's that you fear you don't, you know, lowest interest rates are lower now than they've ever been. Maybe the bank approved you for a deal. Maybe you got this pre-approval burning a hole in your pocket and you're like, man, if I don't do it now, then they're not going to approve me because the banks are going to stop loaning money. Or maybe they're going to disapprove me later, or I'm so overextended, eventually I'm not going to be able to make my credit card payments and my credit's going to go down the toilet and I won't be able to get finance for this loan in six months, so I better buy now. Maybe it's because the hard money loan is easy to get. Maybe you've only got five, 10, 20 grand, whatever it may be, 30 grand, 50 grand sitting around. Maybe it's in an IRA or maybe you just opened up a self-directed IRA and you feel pressure to move that money to get it going. And you know the hard money lender and you together can go do a deal. So you do a deal just because the opportunity exists. Not because it's a good deal, but because the opportunity exists. I know that feeling, boys and girls. I know that feeling. I've had it myself. Frankly, I've done deals for those very same reasons. Every one of those deals wound up not being ideal and I wound up losing money. Yeah, of course I've lost money on deals. If I didn't lose money on deals, I don't think I'd be human. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose money. The good news is I've learned from those mistakes. Those mistakes were many, many years ago. I've paid my dues and I've moved past it. You see, I've invested through a recession already. I've already made it through a housing crisis. This is my second one. So I already know how things are going to play out, or at least I have a good idea how things are going to play out. I have a reasonable expectation of the future of what's going to happen. I know that at some point, the banks are going to get tired of loaning money. And frankly, in some markets, that's already been the case. The banks are not excited about loaning money right now. They're making it a little more difficult for you to get a mortgage. A lot of credit card companies have closed credit lines that are not being used. Why are they doing that, you ask? It's an effort to reduce liability. Because if they got a bunch of open credit lines out there when the economy crashes, what are people going to do? They're going to run and run up their credit cards. Then they're not going to have the money to pay the credit cards. And now the credit card company has a bunch of bad debt on their books which affects the overall profitability of the credit card company. Heaven forbid, the credit card companies can't make their money. Maybe you feel lucky that a seller accepted your offer because you're allowed to do a deal. The seller allows you. The seller said yes to seller financing. And you're so shocked that they said yes, you wind up doing a deal. And because you were so scared of them saying no, so terrified of the impact of what no meant, when you got them to agree to terms, you paid them too much. You overpaid for the property. And there's no equity. Or worse, there's no cash flow. You might ask why I think not having cash flow is worse than not having equity. Because I believe equity is smoke and mirrors. Equity is here today, gone tomorrow. We've proven that time and time again. What matters, boys and girls, if you're investing for cash flow, is the cash flow. Not that the equity doesn't matter, but it is definitely secondary. It should always be secondary. If you're flipping a house, you darn sure better be thinking of the cash flow that's going out. How much money is it costing you? What are the holding costs? Because if you think you're going to get the thing done in in a month or two, you're probably wrong. It's going to take at least three, in some cases six, and God forbid, longer than that. I know people that have had flips for years and not finished them. Imagine the holding cost on a hard money loan when you hung on to some crappy house for a year. And if it's down south, you've had the power on to keep the air conditioning on so it doesn't turn into a moldy mess. And the hard money lender, of course, is collecting interest the whole time, as they well should. So you're making them rich, but it's not helping you at all. If anything that I've said thus far in this episode in the last 14 minutes applies to you, I ask you to simply stop and understand this. Wholesalers, realtors, sellers, they lie about needed repairs. A lot of times they can't see behind walls. And even if they're not lying, they don't even know about the repairs that are needed. I'm here to tell you, realtors know nothing about construction, nothing about home repairs. And frankly, neither do most wholesalers. In a lot of cases, the sellers don't know. So either they don't know or they're full of poo-poo. But the bottom line is, if you're not doing things like getting home inspections, you're not going to know either. And then you're going to buy a piece of crap. So how do you avoid that? You get a home inspection. I don't care if you're flipping the house, buying it as a rental, 
or buying it to move into, you get a home inspection, guys. Wholesalers, realtors, and sellers, well, what do they do? They lie about the current rents they're getting. That's why to protect yourself, if you're going to buy a rental property, you're going to wholesale a rental property, if any of the above, do your buyer a solid and get an estoppel letter signed by the tenants that dictates how much of a deposit they've put down and how much their monthly rent is. I don't care if the seller gives you leases. I have done deals where the seller has given us bogus leases. They've changed the rent amounts, thinking I would never verify and not find out until after closing, then it'd be too late. So you have an attorney, have your attorney. That's what I do. I call Sean Yosner and say, Sean, address 123 Anywhere Street. I need an estoppel letter for this property. He prepares the estoppel letter. We send it over. We have the, send it to the, the tenants, have the tenants sign it. Of course, the seller knows it's coming. They sign it and we're good to deal. We're good to go. Wholesalers, brokers, sellers, they lie about ARV. You know, Ron Legrand's little famous three letters after repair value. Or maybe they just don't have any idea how to, to compute it. No, no clue whatsoever. Boys and girls, realtors are not trained on anything that has to do with real estate mathematics. I hate to tell you. They're trained how to do ethical business and how not to get in trouble as a realtor. That's the bulk of real estate course. They're trained on how not to discriminate against people, but they don't get any training on construction or lending or finance or anything like that. So whatever they have, they showed up with when they got their license. Understand that. You just have to understand what you're dealing with. Understand that a seller in a lot of cases is probably not going to give you every imp, every situation that comes that has ever happened with the property. Why? Because you'll back out. That's the reality of it. And in the event that a wholesaler or a realtor or a seller lies to you, it's very difficult to catch them. And even if you did, nobody really cares. Nor do you have the time, the money, or the energy to waste trying to punish them. That's the simple truth. So how do you avoid all this? You do your due diligence. You ask lots of questions. You talk to that. You, you get a copy of the utility bill. You have the seller sign a limited power of attorney that gives you the ability to reach out to the power company and the utility company so you can see how much they pay in their water bills. So you can see if there's a water leak or they've ever had any major issues. You do a permit search and make sure all the permits are closed. These are basic things, guys, that's going to keep you from getting wiped out. Basic things. Understand that your inner voice is likely speaking to you when things are not as they seem. It's okay to, tr- to question everything. That doesn't make you paranoid. It doesn't make you scared and it doesn't make you sound like a newbie. That makes you sound intelligent and it leads to you getting lucrative deals done. I ask you to distance yourself from anyone who makes you feel pressured to make a decision without having the time to do your homework. When somebody says that Uncle Billy will only sell it to you because they like you, that's what we call a big fat lie. Okay, That's a big fat lie. In my opinion, that's a cheap shot. I think that is a very low blow. Don't fall for it because it's not true. Again, distance yourself from anyone who makes you feel pressured to make a decision without having the time to do your homework. That does not make you out to be a newbie. That makes you somebody savvy and smart. If you spend any time around anybody that knows what they're doing in real estate, the one thing you will know for sure is that they are very diligent about making sure they do their homework and they understand every element of the deal and how things are going to work out before they get to the closing table. And if things don't work out well, they back out. Those are the investors that are the ones that don't lose money ones that make money. Those are the ones that survive financial downturns. Understand this, guys and girls. We are in unprecedented times. The banks are going to start pulling back funding soon. And in some cases, they already have, as I said earlier. That's what we call a clue. Soon, it's going to be more difficult to borrow money from a bank if it's not already in your market. Chase Bank, for example, has put in, I believe it's a 20% down payment, minimum down payment requirement, because they can see the writing on the wall that we're going to have another correction. We're going to have a downturn. That's a signal that market prices are likely to fall. Why? Because if people can't borrow money to buy real estate, people aren't going to buy as much real estate, which means sellers are going to get more desperate and prices are going to go down. 
When are the prices going to go down? Nobody really knows for sure. But we do know that we're facing record unemployment. Currently, 2.25 million mortgages are currently passed due. That is mind-blowing. 2.25 million mortgages are passed due. That's the highest level of past due mortgages since 2010. Not to mention all the other garbage we got going on. We got civil unrest. We have the most controversial election cycle in history. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't let these simple things that are easily avoidable wipe you out, you can absolutely crush it in 2020. These are exciting times if you're thinking about it properly. If you're willing to do your homework, if you're willing to get uncomfortable, if you're willing to learn how to raise private capital, you're going to make a lot of money this year. You're going to make a lot of money in 21. It's going to be your best year ever. Catch you guys next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.